0: Hey everybody, Nation version 2.0. I am Dan, and with me is The Rob.
1: The Rob. What's up, Dan? What's
0: up? Not much, dude. What have you been up to?
1: Not much, dude. Trying to get used to my new uh, work schedule. I changed my days that I have off and stuff like that, so I'm getting used to that. But...
0: Is, it, uh, is it schedule or schedule? It's
1: Yeah, it's sh- schedule. Schedule,
0: there you schedule.
1: go. Yep i got a corner office with a bigger cube, so I might as well say schedule now.
0: That's of, right. It's, it's sounds more important. For sure. Instead of so, attaching
1: a file in the email, I'll attache a, a file.
0: <laughs> and instead of an advertisement, you'll do an as, advertisement? An, an advertisement, that's right. <laughs> so with your new cubicle, your new office area, do you have room to fly a micro?
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I brought my kids a uh, little coax. I, I said, I mentioned on the show before, I my dad bought him like this little Best Buy little coax and I I kiped that and brought it to work one day and uh, so I could sit in there and do figure eights and circuits and stuff like that and it's plenty of room I got like a whole one whole half of it I use just for my heli hobby stuff you know and I I have an excuse for why I have that much extra cube space because I have to have this other computer and all of this or whatever right but really my reason for it is to have bench space you know so I can work on my shit while I'm at work and, very nice oh so yeah Works good, dude.
0: Well, you know, I work on my helicopters when I'm at work too.
1: Oh yeah, you gotta do that, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I find it's pretty much the only thing I do at work.
1: Yeah, yeah, just work on you those.
0: You been getting any flying in, man? Not weather's really. Been kind of
1: shitty. Yeah, weather's been just it's just been a little too a little too cold. You know, last last year and the year before, I was way more die hard about going outside and being in the in the cold and and flying and stuff like that. But you know, this year not as much, I guess. And, I don't know if it's because this year I'm more into uh, flying the bigger helicopters. You know that y- they take a little bit. It's you're, you know it's a little more involved to get everything ready and lug it around right. and stuff. And so I just and plus I have a better simulator now, so I don't feel this insatiable need to be on the sticks with my real helicopter because I can you know I, I can do Phoenix and it, right. it satisfies me and stuff like that. But.
0: Do you want to know the real? Do you want to know the real reason why you're not why? flying as much? Because you're getting old. You're an old man now.
1: Oh, fuck. Don't tell me that.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, man, I still feel like I'm like 17 at heart, but uh, then I look at my receding hairline, and I'm like, no, it's happening. The gray
0: in your beard. Do you have gray in your beard yet? Yes,
1: dude. I found this white, this bright white <laughs> hair in the tip of my beard. I'm like, no way is that happening to me right now. But it is. You know, I'm only 34, so, I mean, I'm not really that old, I guess. But, you know, my gut. Is already starting to come out and I got this receding hairline and oh man. I am I am getting old, Dan. Why'd you have to remind me?
0: Do you find yourself saying those damn kids?
1: <laughs> yes. Why? <laughs> Why does it have to happen this way?
0: Yeah, well You know, I don't know about you dude, but the weather this winter has just been crazy
1: as hell. I mean, um, It's just schizophrenic. Mother Nature has gone bad. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Offer meds. We need to readjust the med schedule. Yes. But you know the thing of it is, is for example, here four days ago, cold as hell, right? Yeah. Starts snowing, doesn't stop snowing for three days. At the end of the three days, we have over a foot and a half of snow. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we have a day and a half of just huge snow. Right. Then 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 that night it turns 40 degrees at night, and it starts to rain.
1: Weird. And it doesn't stop yeah, raining for two water. days. Uh, no,
0: dude, it, it it continued to rain, all night long and all day. And at the end of the next at the end of the next evening, we had standing water everywhere. Of course,
1: you know that's wild in January to have like standing pool type water from where... yeah, and
0: <clears throat> there was just enough snow left to to not allow the water to drain away. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, lakefront property right off my porch steps. Geez you know i could have had an rc boat out there just going to, t- to town but.
1: well you know what's really bad about that then is that the ground gets soft and muddy and then freezes like that with like frozen tire track ruts in it and footprints mm-hmm. and stuff ankle breakers you know all over yep. the place yeah mm-hmm. scooter ruts yeah <laughs> you know high sided with your scooter in there <laughs> i'm stuck on the tracks
0: that's- oh, but as far as flying, you know, of course, not anything outside. Um, did go flying in the gym today.
1: No MCPX action.
0: Took the MCPX in. Um, it, you know, you catch me on one day, and I love that thing. You catch me on, on the next day, and I absolutely hate it. And I, I'm really wishy-washy with the MCPX. Today, I hate it. Right. I, I was flying it. I was getting a bunch of flights in. Um, I was practicing... Uh, stationary pyros because i just really want to get that down nice slow controlled pyro just you know control steering the cyclic as it's going around right and i'm seven or eight of those little packs into the just that's all i was doing was practicing you know occasionally i'd take off and do some figure eights just to kind of break it up but so i'm kind of i have this little mcpx 10 feet in the air a few feet in front of me and one of my buddies that i fly with just got done putting He's got this MCPX. Must be worth five hundred bucks at oh, this point, right? Right. He's got all these brushless and they carbon like, frames. All just
1: went to town on it, huh?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, he's he loves it. It's really nice, and it's got the aluminum swash, and it's got the aluminum grips, and oh, and, sure, all
1: the bling and stuff is in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's powerful. It's fast, and he comes zipping by, dude. And he, it was a perfect collision. It wasn't just one of these. Oh, I just kind
1: of scraped past you. No. It was a full-on.
0: <laughs> it was a full-on
1: wham. Like so, a head-on collision. Any no-fault coverage for that?
0: Yeah, it totally. T- it took out my swashplate, plate, uh, broke a bunch of links off of the servos. Uh, but it did break his too. It broke. He's got some. It's got a fancy carbon frame, and it's got this three-millimeter carbon uh, tail boom. Yeah. And and this tail boom actually goes in and you can just, you screw the plastic thing at the bottom and it actually kind of clamps the tail boom into the frame, right? Oh yeah, sure, sure. So it, it busted that all to hell.
1: <laughs> so I spent all that money on it and <laughs> got toasted just like you did.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so here I am and, uh, wasn't able to fly anymore and I'd started flying some of my buddy's, uh, uh, planks in there and, Got pretty bored with that pretty quick and
1: A little microplanks yeah
0: yeah so I decided to come home but as far as flying it one thing one thing it did it really made me wish that summer was here I found myself yesterday it was funny I was going through pictures uh, you know every now and then you'll just scan through your pictures on the computer and
1: oh sure yeah oh I remember I was, that yeah
0: yeah I was going through some pictures of last summer and just the beautiful green grass and I remember. I can kind of remember during that time frame when I was out at the field going, oh, my God, it's so fucking hot. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't wait until would... it cools off out.
0: Would... I know. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I was back there right now.
1: But Yeah, I got to say, man, living in weather like we do, it's this recurring theme where it's like this, I don't know, like this codependent love-hate relationship with weather because every winter I'm like, Damn it, it's too cold. I can't wait till summer. And then summer comes around, and I'm like, oh, it's so muggy. I can't wait till winter comes. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Never can be satisfied. It's, yeah. Yeah,
0: you're always bitching about one or the other.
1: Dude, I'm going to move down to warm weather dick territory one of these years. Retired I think so. There. Yeah. Yeah, you sh-
0: you, when you guys move down there, make sure you get a place with an extra room, and I'll come stay with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Get some pad <laughs> with a pool
0: on it and stuff. you go. There you go. Yeah. So we've got some exciting news about the nation. You know, Rob. I talked to you. We were talking about uh, getting someone to kind of help us with the form, with the web
1: page. Oh yeah, yeah. Get a super geek in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, you and I, we we messed with you more than me, but uh, together we learned what we could and did what we could. And, you know, it was working all right. There was mm-hmm. certainly it was, but it was just
1: there was some things that just needed to be tweaked. Well, yeah. And, you know, if I had more time to yeah. pay attention to it and give it more attention, it would be. I would have been able to teach myself everything about Joomla and concentrate on doing that, you know, but hey, yeah, like, am in the fire, man.
0: Sure. And, and it's just, I think I had to tell you, it's nice. It was nice. I, I, I put a post up on Facebook. I had uh, five people respond via email, and I told them all to call me, and I talked to each of them on the phone. Cool. And first of all, thank you to everybody who responded, and I'm sure you all had something to offer, but I eventually uh opted for jake jacob shambo oh yeah
1: uh, yeah okay
0: he you know avid listener of the show i gotta tell you dude within the first hour he had things just fixed i mean he had there's issues there you guys need to go to the nation webpage and check it out it'll look it looks a little bit different but there's a lot more functionality i don't even really want to go into all of it but one of the coolest things he did is he fixed the im feature you can go to the nation network get signed up You can start browsing the rest of the web page, and people can IM you no matter where you are on the web page.
1: That's cool. That's cool, kind of like a chat for the –
0: Yeah. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, so –
1: Well, his kung fu is strong.
0: His kung fu is strong. So he's working on all that kind of stuff. He's helping us out. A big thanks to Jake. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. Man, that's cool. Awesome. let me let me let me tell you a little bit about Jake too. This is kind of a funny little story. <laughs> yeah, okay. So picture picture Jake's house. He's got his wife and I'm he's got a he's got either a kid or kids. I don't know, but needless he's got chitrin,
1: right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Imagine Jake's house. You've got two vehicles there, a big F350, and a small little uh, SUV type mini SUV type sports wagon. Okay. You see Jake walk out of the house. Which vehicle do you think he's going to go to? The truck. You would think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. The truck's his wife. The big F350 is his wife's truck. Nice. And he was he's, telling me he's got he the truck. Talk- he's got the and the kid hauler. Uh, he nice. was telling he, he was telling me that uh, he, he his little thing can't pull. He was thinking about getting a trailer. Right. But his little thing his little SUV can't pull it. And then he starts talking about this F350, and I'm like, What are you talking about? You got a nope. That's my wife's. My wife's. I'm the soccer <laughs> mom.
2: <laughs>
0: thanks jake for coming along and uh, uh really look forward to working with you on the web page in the future so yeah Sounds real cool. good uh one other little bit a uh, tidbit i wanted to go over is uh, i did send out a new newsletter here recently so yeah yeah look look for that just a little bit of talk you know we talked a little bit about last episode 18 i've been kind of referring to that episode as our oprah episode
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: It's <laughs> a good episode. I wanted to mention. I got a ton of emails. I got, I got a few, you know, critical emails. You know, but that was to be expected, I guess. But I got a lot of emails from people, uh, kind of telling me their story. You know, um, and a lot of people related to that episode. So, Seth, if you're listening, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, that was cool that you were being as candid as you were, man. I
0: like yep. that. That was pretty cool. Well, dude, I don't know about you. I think it's time for some news. What do you think?
1: News of the
2: Minisector. Hi,
3: this is Bobby Watts from Rob's super awesome helicopter class shindig thing.
0: You are listening to RC Nation. <laughs> All right,
1: news time. What do we got here?
0: I pulled out the trusty paper again.
1: Did I got one here? I'm going to shake mine. Oh, I, You can't hear it. It's on my phone. I got a piece of news here. There's a, uh, uh, Wakera is, uh, they got a new, uh, radio out called the Devo, Devo 85. It sounds like something out of like seventies funk or something like that, I guess. But no, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, Wakera lately has started to, uh, I think really step up their game with regards to like the transmitters and some of their electronics and stuff like that. And, uh, a lot of people already know that they've been in the sub-micro helicopter game for a long time, long, long before the big guys have been, you know, started picking that kind of stuff up too. But the transmitters were always lacking and clunky, and you know, what well, Care is proprietary too, you know. So when you buy one of their birds, you're stuck with this piece of shit transmitter, you know. Um, but now they've got options where you can buy just the transmitter. This one's the Devo uh, 8, uh, the 8S, I guess, and uh, uh, I guess it's a channel uh, radio, but it also has uh, Telemetry, a couple other gadgets. It's got a touchscreen on it. It's full color touchscreen, which I think is pretty sweet. What What are the other uh, transmitters that do that? I think the Aurora, High Techs Aurora, does that, but it's only it's yeah. monochrome, right? And then the the big one, the uh, 14MZ and stuff like that. You know, yeah,
0: those those high end machines. Yeah,
1: know. yeah, right. So you know, I think that's that's kind of cool to see a company like that spend more time with that. You know, I guess they're really up and coming. This one looks a lot like uh, uh, DX7, you know, sort of the case design and stuff like that, but it it is. Uh, Kind of like uh, our Fred Bobby was talking about. They didn't just control C control V somebody else's transmitter. They they designed it from the ground up. It looks like so that's cool.
0: You know, one thing Rob I see quite often on the forums is, oh, it's a walk air. I'll never trust a walk air radio. Mm-hmm. I, yeah.
1: I, here's what
0: maybe you can help me understand what if it's a if it's a 2.4 radio. What is going to make it other than the functionality of the radio?
1: What's going to make it any worse than any other radio out there? Nothing really. I mean. No, nothing really. I mean, at the beginning, their Walkera was, they didn't have, they they just recently got in the 2.4 game, you know, and uh, by all rights, some of their 72 megahertz stuff was glitchy. I mean, I had an old Walkera 52, and uh, I'd fly that thing, and every now and then just randomly out of nowhere, I'd get like full positive and then full negative, and it would crash. I'm like, shit, and then, you know, I have to fix it again, you know, and uh, that was just total electronics, you know, bad electronics, you know what I mean? And so they kind of developed a reputation for subpar electronics you know the hardware by all rights was doing fine you know it's just the, the your method of controlling it was usually kind of iffy and it was hard to trust and you know how mm-hmm. it is we've talked about this before if you don't feel confident when you're flying a helicopter you're more apt to make a mistake you know because you're right. busy being worried about it and stuff and uh, these days i don't think i would say the same thing about it you know I, I would have no problem buying a walkera and flying a walkera radio out of the box and stuff like that you know, because I believe they're they're good enough now, you know, so. Well,
0: you know, I have a Walkera radio. I have a 81, I believe, I'm going from memory, 8100 Pro.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was their first venue into like a, uh, like a quote, high-end kind of radio. Yeah. It was with that one.
0: Well, I was messing around with it, and it's got a really nice, well-lit display, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, it looks a lot like a DX7. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except the display is really nice. I don't. It, uh, it's yeah. I think it's even a little bit bigger than a DX7 display.
3: Yeah, probably I don't just know. a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm gonna. I actually want to kind of mess around with some Wakara stuff. I might even uh, try one of those out. See what they're all about on one of my helicopters. But
1: do it. Do I've seen it. some people of will buy like. You'll have like a. Uh, like a smaller medium-sized helicopter. You're, i guess let me rephrase that like a micro size maybe no bigger than no bigger than a 450 you know or smaller and i've seen people take the walkera all-in ones that have like the gyros and the receiver and all that stuff for mm-hmm. like a uh, um one of their bigger models you know like the i forget the names because walkera uses just really obnoxious naming conventions but other yes. people don't know what i'm talking about they got the medium but probably a 400 size helicopter you know and so I've, I've seen people take like a Blade 400 or a Clone 450 or something and throw that in and run the Walkera radio because it's all integrated. and Walkera does a pretty good job with the three-axis stabilization as well, you know, all all on board.
0: Matter yeah. of
1: fact, that's where other people started to copy that idea of, of integrating all that together. Um, you know, Blade with the all-in-one units when they did the uh, MSR first came out with the stabilization on the, um, you know, the uh, MCP, um, the MS or sorry the MCPX and stuff like that 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 came from the idea of brands like wakera and stuff doing that integrated you know so yeah. what
0: the hell you say people are copying people in this industry
1: no nobody does that nobody does that no. nobody not even a line with the nope. with the turn or with the uh, the grip arms there the yoke mm-hmm. arms no they made that on their own
0: of mm-hmm. course of course,
1: they did. of course they
0: did we've got quite a few
1: listeners in the UK
0: they've got some exciting events coming up this year ada actually is going to be going to uh, the 2012 zone are you familiar with the zone
1: ah, a little bit I've heard of it it's uh, supposed to be kind of a new classic competition uh, the the mm-hmm. way scoring metrics and stuff are going to be slightly different than your standards that we see like at 3d masters and um, you know stuff like that so I think it's going to be interesting because it if I'm not mistaken and I, I have a kind of a vague knowledge of it but it, it it's
0: if you're mistaken, it to I'll let like, like, you
1: know. Okay. Yeah. Tell me how. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I guess it's like uh, some of it's team-based or like the squad-based kind of like your your team will get points, you know, and then that could be. But here's the here's the the brass bolts
0: of what the zone is all about.
1: Okay.
0: Essentially, instead of having 16 competitors, uh, one at a time, you know, angling up to the flight line and doing their thing what they do is they they bracket people they they team people up okay so you start out with say 16 pilots and it's essentially like a tournament bracket
1: oh sure like so, a double elimination or something like that
0: yeah and so you get, you go in and you know you'll compete you know the two competitors will go they'll do their thing and the winner of that competition advances so you have you know 16 8 4 2 and then eventually the champion yeah 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 so it's kind of a neat little I guess it's really it's going over really well, and the people are really, uh, you know, the guys over there in the U.K. are really into it. Uh, Normally that was held for you guys in the U.K. Normally that was held at Weston Park. Last year it was. Apparently this year it's not going to be at Weston Park. Now, RC1010, if I get this wrong, I apologize, because he actually sat on Skype tonight with me and was, you know, coaching me vocally how to pronounce this. Hmm. (laughs) But it's, uh, let's see if I can get this right. Yovelton, and it's, dude, the spelling is crazy, but it's Yovelton Somerset. That's where it's going to be this year. Apparently, there's some large museum there. Uh, they've got the, the Concord there and everything like that, so.
1: Do they yodel there?
0: I don't know, but, dude, check out the spelling, man. It's Y-E space O-L-V-T-O-N. Weird. yo Exactly. Yeah, I butchered it up. And then, and of course, uh, RC-1010 and I got into the big debate about the, uh, you know, solder versus solder and all that stuff.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a... French fries versus chips. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
0: Apparently also, too, there's a couple of well-known pilots in the UK over there, Rob Turnbull and Mike Eddington. Now, they're going to be hosting a new event over there in the UK called the World 3D Championships. It's supposed to be at the end of July. It's all the information that we really could find on it. As of now, I'm sure there's information out there that I just wasn't able to locate, but uh, just another one of those. You know, they're starting to have some pretty big competitions over there in the U.K. You know, I know you
1: they, the three, 3D Masters. Well, they're giving us Yanks a run for the money,
0: for yep. sure, man. They sure are. Let's see what else we got. Rob, guess what? You can get a torque tube for your Synergy E7 now.
1: Nice. So you mm-hmm. if you don't want to go with the belt. and
0: Yeah, apparently it's – I don't think it's available yet, but um, – the one difference that uh, Matt Bodos did with this was uh, he took the uh, the bevel gears. You know, the TRX-700 has 24-tooth Mod 1 bevel gears. Right, right. This is a much beefier – it's a 20-tooth Mod 1.5 – or 1.25. Uh, and I guess they're saying it's just uh, a lot more beefier. Yeah. It handles, uh, handles a lot more stress.
1: The X7 runs a 1.25 like that too. Apparently it's just the teeth are just giant, like buck teeth on a helicopter, you know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. So like
0: a let's cheese see. Crater. Cheese grater. Cheese
1: grater.
0: Put some, run some uh, garlic through there. And they go
1: hunting and they make some venison sausage while you're on the bench, and <laughs> just crank it over, and then you get the lube on it from the uh, the, the meat grease fat and all that shit. Yum. That
0: sounds real good to me, dude. I'm gonna have to go make some. I've got some of that sausage in my freezer as we speak. So for you nitro guys out there, uh, Griffin has brought up a new fuel pump. Now, this is kind of a cool thing. It screws right onto the cap of your your fuel bottle. But on top of that is a little hex adapter, so you can take your starter, right? Put your starter in there, crank it up, and that pumps your fuel.
1: That's kind of cool. You don't have to buy one extra motorized piece of equipment.
0: Yeah, and it comes i don't really get this part but it has two speeds a high speed and low speed i i guess if you want to feel faster you'd buy the high speed
1: oh so it's like one one c and two c charge rate or what (laughs)
0: exactly right for gas (laughs) this
1: is my one c fuel pump this
0: is my two c fuel if i'm in a hurry i use this two c yeah Do
1: you imagine if like regular gas was like that where you could pull up to the pump and you could use the slow pump or for like a, a, a one or two cents more per gallon you could use the fast one and get out of there faster
0: Yeah, I don't think I would either, and and, uh, there's going to be a lot of people hating
1: you if that comes to fruition.
0: Yeah. God, shut your trap. Give those those oil companies an excuse to make a few more pennies on the gallon. For you spectrum owners out there, DX7, DX8, um, apparently they have new setup downloads where I didn't realize it was hard to set up for an MCPX, but apparently it's hard enough that they're making available to people. Setup files,
1: like you can just that up. Yeah, I seen that. I think I I saw that. uh, I saw that on the out there. But uh, you know, I think it's kind of a cool idea. I mean, this day and age, everything is becoming so computery and gadgety and stuff like that. The idea of having your models more portable in this day and age, where everybody's got so much computing power in their own pockets and stuff like that, why not be able to do that with your transmitter too? You know, it's like peer-to-peer file sharing, just for uh, well, I
0: suppose, oh, yeah. and it's a lot. You know, it's people do it with the V bar, like you were saying, and mm-hmm. and uh, various other Spartan, like Spartan sure. stuff. And I, you know, reading through this, I guess you know it. Um, you know, it's not just the MCPX. I I would suppose it's any user file that anybody would want to share uh, for their particular helicopters. But uh, yeah. you know, they've got some uh, cookie cutter setups for various different popular smaller helicopters, Blade 450, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh,
1: it's about all the news I could dig up, dude. Yeah, that's that's about all. I mean, that's about all I've heard. You know, I haven't heard a lot of. There's not a not a I guess a lot of new hotness coming out there yet. Everybody's already already knows about the X7. You know, the whiplash, the gasser whiplash, all that stuff. And everybody's just waiting for that stuff to start hitting people's workbenches and and see mm-hmm. new chatter about that. And you know, eventually Upgrades. we're gonna hear about some Joe's good build video of this or that. You know. And uh, we'll start to uh, be able to talk more about that kind of stuff as it comes, you know. So.
0: So on a personal note, when it comes to news, I do have a little bit of news. Um, I put my name in for a TDR.
1: Nice. That's kind of cool, man. Finally, bit the bullet and decided to go for it.
0: Well, you know, I I just. Um, that's a I lot of talking. ching.
1: That's a that's yeah, a firm decision you got to make, you know.
0: Yeah. I well, you know, the thing of it is is. Um, it seems to suit my flying style. You know, the thing was designed for big, fast air, and that's kind of what I like. You know? yeah. yeah. Huge, definitely. huge power loops, big, you know, big figure eights, just big and fast. So I was talking to a few guys that owned them, and, and they just kind of convinced me uh, to give it a try. And on another note, I kind of committed to buying an X7 yesterday, too.
1: Nice. Good deal, dude. I'm <laughs> so jealous. Excited.
0: Well, the thing is, the X7 will be in uh, the X7 will be in, uh, you know, of course, ready for spring. Uh, yeah, uh, who, yeah. Who knows when the TDR is going to be ready? You know, I may have actually take my name off the list uh, and put it back on uh, next fall, so I can get it early spring of the next year, uh, ready for spring. Because I really it would really kind of suck to get one, say,
1: in October, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> get it. Well, that's kind of what happened with this fusion. You know, I mean. It got, you know, we we got it, you know, and I built it and stuff and got a couple of flights in, and now it's just so crappy that even if I had it mailed back to you, now there's no real action yeah. to fly the damn thing, so. Yeah. So, um,
0: got cool. a little egg on my face, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know.
1: Like uh, a salmonella I, in your eye, dude. <laughs> dude.
0: <laughs> I just, first of all, I want to apologize. Um, we have a, a bit of a an interview. Well, it's not even really an interview coming up. It's more of a discussion that was recorded yesterday, and. Uh, we had two good friends on. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time talking to them. And uh, it just turned out, well, I learned a lesson. The lesson is uh, don't charge batteries near a microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the 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 charger emits some kind of pulse that the the microphone could pick up, but we couldn't hear. So anyway, yesterday we had with us Dave Mullen from Anything Heli, a shop we talk about quite a bit. Hell, a nice guy. You know, we talked a lot about his shop. And, of course, you guys aren't going to really be able to hear that conversation, unfortunately. Uh, but we did get a good discussion in with him and Slicester, uh, Pete from Helifreak. Both of these guys are big electric flyers. Uh, they contribute a lot to the community.
1: Yeah, Pete's a good guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we had a great time talking with him. Like I said, I got egg in my face because uh, that a part of that interview, that conversation is, you know, lost forever. You know, kind of like a cherry lost forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, Dan. We'll just we'll just not forgive you ever. That's fine. See, now this is the one that you cannot let me live down.
0: Just nope. like I can't let you live down the uh, the fusion.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know that's all right. We're just a bunch of we're just a couple amateurs here, just kind of
1: yeah. Yeah, Mr. So... Producer, man, you're fired.
0: <laughs> so anyway, guys, Dave in particular, and Slicer. Again, I apologize. We're gonna go ahead and play that interview, or I guess it's not really an interview; it's more of a discussion. It's a uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's pretty good. It's about charging and uh, various different charger setups, and you know, slicer kind of goes into detail about his his deep cell setup that uh, he enjoys. And and uh, we all got know, to I, learn.
1: We all got to learn how little you actually know about electrical. That's that's right. The Kellys and stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: you got to learn sometime we, uh, though, Dan, huh? I suppose. Well, you got, anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy this, and uh, we will be back on the other side. Come
4: put, put a commercial. This is Slicer from the Hella Freak Forums. You are listening to RC Heli Nation.
3: Hyperion has a new one now. It's the like the 720i dual three um, something it, it goes up to six yeah yeah it's, it's like um, uh, 550 or 500 watts a side I believe
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, that one will that'll do I think 20 amps on a 6s per side I believe if you're running it on 24 volts yeah so that that would be the charger I mean there, there's also the the volts or the high charger 3010b um the bolts it's basically a rebranded 3010 but that either one of those those are my two favorites out there as far as
0: chargers go i'm going to direct this one to slicer because he seems to have quite a bit of knowledge on this when someone is considering um the the package charging package that they want to do where do they start do they start with with the figuring out how many volts they're going to be able to run into it and, and which is better 12 or 24
4: well with most of these high watt chargers like the Hyperion and the FM, what is that? FMA.
0: The the Superlabs FMA Superlabs.
4: Yeah, and then the yeah. iChargers. Twenty four volts is what you want to run, just because it's coolest and it's most efficient, and you'll get your full thousand watt or whatever the output is. hmm. So for myself, I've I've gone through just a ton of chargers and setups, but I've ended up now with just two deep cycles and the iCharger 306B. Now the 306B and the three the 3010B are the same charger, just One can handle 10S and one can handle up to 6S. Mm -hmm. So I just chose the 6S. And then, of course, today a lot of people are using parallel cables. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I can charge, you know, between one pack all the way up to six packs at the same time. And then you get your full 30 amps output. So that's what I recommend. I mean, if people are just charging like 3S packs or they're not in any rush, they can simply get a 12-volt power supply, you know, for AC or or one deep cycle battery. And you get usually about 14-amp output on those higher-watt chargers.
0: I actually kind of like the idea, the, the setup you have. Now, I have – my situation is such that I can – it's not a big deal for me to, to pack around a, um, a generator because it's literally on my trailer all the time. And so – Right. But I was considering kind of going to, to the way you have yours uh, in that I can put a couple – I can safely put uh, a couple uh, – a couple more deep cell that are dedicated just toward charging uh, and then actually have them hooked up to my battery tender, um, which essentially is always on because if I'm at home, my trailer is plugged into a 30 amp power supply or if I'm at the field, I'm plugged into a generator. So I was actually considering that route. It seems like the nice thing about that is if I don't want to run right now, if I want to charge at the field, I have to, I have to run my generator, but if I had a battery set up like you have, slicer, I wouldn't have to run my generator just to charge batteries.
4: Right, and if yeah, and generators, of course, you have to remove from the vehicle, and I just end up keeping my deep cycles in my. I have a minivan, so I just keep them in there all the time. So there's no issue with that, and that's that's one reason it works well for me. But they are heavy.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, one thing I'd like to talk about, you know, I've made I uh recently built and I don't know if any of you guys have done this, you know, power supplies. I've built a uh, 24 volt power supply with with 2 HP computer server supplies.
4: Yeah, I've heard of that. It. It's a good route to go for home charging at least.
0: Or yeah. Ge- or generator. Yeah, it seems to work really well. The nice thing about this is um the nice thing about it is I've I've built a box for this these power supplies and I can actually just take my charging station outside of my trailer and uh, put it on a table away, you know, a few feet away from my trailer, isolate it a little bit. So I don't feel like I have to, cause I get nervous around charging. No. <laughs> and ge- literally I'll generally when I charge, I'm literally, I know people are talking about, I'm literally like sitting over my charger and watching it the whole time. Really? Yeah. Cause I just don't, uh, you know, electric stuff to me is uh it's you know, magic it, it's it's, it's <laughs> mythical it, it's, it's mythical it, it's yeah. well it's it's mythical and it's a lot like religion you know it it <laughs> should be it should be it should be feared right you know it's, it's like religion in that it should be feared
4: i charge in the back of my van on this deck that i made and throw on six packs and drive to the field and I probably shouldn't but you know they take about 35 minutes maybe to charge six and then once I got the six now I can fly let's say my fusion three times after a couple flights I'll throw on four more and they'll be done in maybe 20 minutes and during that time I'm just flying or you know chatting with people I'm really I figure my van is insured so
2: there you go
4: (laughs) (laughs) but I wouldn't do that home when i home charge i do pay pretty careful attention but i've never had any issues and i have over three thousand flights in those four years and i've got i must have gone through 30 35 bulbs i've never had one issue
0: how about you rob do you are you that uh, crazy anal about your charging
1: not really i mean you know in my uh my heli dungeon that i got here there's not much room but uh i'll do my charging in there you know i i got the 730i net three and then uh, uh two of those uh, Feather Merchant power supplies, you know, the 57-amp, uh, and I'm running, you know, series or whatever for the 24. and um, So I, I let that sit there on the bench, and, you know, I keep an eye on it, I guess, but um, I don't hover over it or anything like that. But um, I'm kind of like, uh, Sly, like you were talking about, I'm, I'm more uh, a fan of, you know, trying to just do it in parallel. You know, I, I don't need to have multiple chargers. As long as I get one that has enough uh, amperage and wattage for me – to charge the size packs that I have now, you know, I'll just run them all up in parallel and uh, basically max the charger out and just let them sit. Yep.
3: Yeah, parallel is the way to go. Oh, yeah. I, I use it. I use it all the time. Like absolutely, all the time. I'm parallel charging with a parallel board.
1: Oh yeah, saves time. I used to be so, really anal in the past. You know, I used to log all my my uh, flights and stuff with the flight time, milliamps, and uh, uh, how many cycles and this and that and yeah. you know, I've kind of got out of that kind of stuff and these days you know what I just I got six empty ones I'll plug them all in together go have uh, supper in my kitchen to just one room away and then uh, come back and they're done you know and
0: yeah. that's it yeah. yeah. See, I'm quite the opposite. I have to keep track of all that stuff, and that's the one thing. Let's – you know, because I'm not – I'm familiar with the concept of parallel charging, but there may be a lot of people listening to the show that that aren't. So let's kind of go over that a little bit. So I I understand that what you're doing essentially is you've got a special adapter that comes out of your charger that plugs into six separate six-cell batteries. Right. So – and then you have to have the parallel um, balancing adapter as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Now – what what is the idea here? You you how do you make sure that that this battery? I know they they've got balancers, but how does the charger know to charge these six batteries? And how do you how do you set your charger up essentially to make sure that it's going to keep these batteries char- or get these batteries charged to their fullest?
1: It's actually you know parallel when you parallel charge. It's actually uh, a lot simpler than it sounds. You know, um, for instance, let's just do like two packs, right? Two six cell, say let's just for the numbers six cell. Uh, 1000 milliamp packs right when you run them in parallel like that you now have the charger at least will see a six cell 2000 milliamp battery is what it thinks it sees right but you're actually staring at two separate packs uh, because each cell uh, you know is mated with its brother or sister cell on the next pack right so cell one two three four five six all the way through each of those balance taps are, are just wired parallel together so You've got 2,000 milliamp packs, and so the charger sees it as 2,000, right? Um, so that's, what I think, the biggest advantage of having really high-amp, high-watt chargers these days is, I mean, I know some pack manufacturers out there will – I've heard people claiming 6C charge rates. I, there was one I, I heard a rumor of 10C or something like that. It's just completely unfounded. I don't think you can do that, you know, but these big chargers these days, I mean – we're not in a place where we're going to charge one battery in eight minutes or something like that. Three minutes, right? It's all about doing that parallel charging and, and basically the charger just giving the charger a larger bucket to fill up, fill up with juice, you know. And one other advantage I like uh, about uh, parallel charging is that you know if you've got two cells or or two packs and you've discharged them both or whatever and they're sitting fairly close to the same. Uh, like here's a perfect example, Dan, uh, your fusion, right? I, we run that on 12 cells, right? So yeah, on the bird, they run series so that we get the higher voltage, right? Mm-hmm. But when I take them off, I have been, and this is, I, I don't know if maybe, I'll, you, you know, you'll do this when you get them, but, um, I charge them in pairs in parallel also the same pair that I would put together when I fly, right? So those two packs always have the same cycle count with each other. They belong together, um, But when I charge them, though, the nice thing is is as soon as I plug in the power leads um, and then plug the balance leads in afterwards, each of the cells now basically equalize themselves individually. So cell one from the first pack and cell one from the second pack will share their voltage until they're both at the same amount, if you will. It's like taking two cups of water and pouring it back and forth until they're – both the same level, and then after that, then, you know, you can charge it with the charger, you know, and that process only takes not even a a minute, maybe two minutes from the equalize like that, and Mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't want to parallel charge two batteries that are way off, you know, you got one at like 3.8 per cell and one at uh, 4.4 or something like that, one, you'll probably get a spark, and two, you're going to be flowing current fairly heavily to the more empty pack and you know you can damage the balance balance taps and stuff like that but but, you know long story short i mean if you pick up any of these parallel boards that you see out there and you just look at the circuit board um you can see it it's just it's like a it's like a, I don't know, it's like a daisy chain, one cell at a time all the way through it, you know. And
0: that brings, to my mind, it brings two questions. It brings, first of all, you know, in the example that you give, you just gave me, it's you're using these two batteries uh, at the same application, and you're assuming that these batteries have kind of an equal draw. What if I'm flying my X5, which only takes one, set, one six-cell battery, yeah. and I have six batteries? So let's say one minute, one flight I have three minutes. The next flight I'm six. And then, are you saying that I that I can't parallel charge those batteries, or it's less safe?
1: No, you can. It's just you don't want the voltage to be the gap between the two packs voltages to be too high. Um, I guess you know, in doing the research that I've done before I started parallel charging, I think what I I'm seeing people talk about. Basically, you, you want to have the cells be within like uh, 0.1 or 0.15 of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you could probably get away with the, the current or the, I'm sorry, the voltage being slightly higher or lower on one or the other, you know? But, you know, the trick is like, you know, last show we talked about... Uh, accidents with soldering, right? You know, solder the plus and minus <laughs> together and, and melt the whole works. Well, that's an example of that current flowing extremely quickly, you know, very high current draw, a lot, high amp draw, you know, between the cells. And, you know, if you have a pack that's, say, fully charged and one that's not fully charged, for probably a couple of minutes, that pack is going to be running, I guess, quote, C rate. You know, it's going to uh, be pulling a pretty high amp rate between the two cells on the balance taps. It could pose dangerous, I guess. You know, if you run so much it gets hot and you melt your taps, then you, you've messed up the battery, you know. But um, but like what you're talking about, Dan, with your X5, you know, take a pack of six cells with you. You know, you got four or five of them. Um, you fly them all roughly the same amount of time. You bring them home. By the time you get home, the packs have had time to settle down, right, They just kind of have settled. And you check them with your volt checker, and if they're fairly close to each other, drop them all on the parallel board and hit start. And that's all you got to do.
3: 0.1 to 0.15 is actually a lot, as far yeah. as difference. You know, I mean, it if is. you're thinking of that's 3.7, which is like nominal voltage, to 3.85, which is, I mean, that's a lot, a lot of distance between the two. And I plugged in batteries that were 3.7 and 3.85. I mean, and there was no problem. You know, I wouldn't start charging immediately. I would let them equalize a little bit. I mean, that's that's a long ways difference. That's like uh, Dan was just saying where you know, the difference between say a three minute flight and a five minute flight might be that three point seven and three point eight five. Yeah. You know, so so I you know, as long as they're pretty yeah, couple close things.
0: I was gonna say, Slicer, what what are your what are your thoughts on that?
4: <clears throat> um, a couple of things on ba- or on parallel charging, I'll fly my five fifty, let's say. That takes a 6s five thousand pack. And I'll fly, you know, my first flight might be real easy and then, you know, get a little harder and but I, I generally fly the same amount of time and they're always close enough. I just when I'm done I just plug them all in and I do let them equalize for about a minute and then I just start the charger. It's never been an issue.
0: And when you guys say right. equalize, do you mean you're actually just talking about letting the pack settle off, you know, off the charge for a little bit? Is that what you're talking about?
4: Well, they're actually connected, you know, each all the cells are connected through those parallel cables, and even if you weren't, even if you didn't have it plugged into the charger, they're sharing. Oh,
1: They're connected I see. to each other, right?
4: Ah. Energy is flowing, and all the six cells, all the six number one cells, are going to equalize, and all the twos, mm-hmm. and so on.
0: So they're they're going to find right. a balance point between them all. I see. Yeah. That right. makes sense. Right. I, I never realized that.
4: Yeah, they'll all average. And another thing, average balance. Another thing, people, um, some people don't realize, if you. If you balance charge a single 6S pack, often the the balancing phase at the end will take, let's just say it takes seven minutes.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Well, if you parallel charge six packs, the balancing phase will also take seven minutes.
1: Yeah. It doesn't take longer. Instead of
4: seven times six. So you're really, you're saving about, what, 36 minutes of time.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's way faster to parallel charge.
4: Really fast. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, and and also you can you can do a uh, say say two five thousand milliamp packs and a couple of one thousand milliamp packs as long as they're six S yep. same cell count or five S or four S or whatever it doesn't matter what milliamp they are as long as they're you know uh, same, same cell count.
2: count. Yeah.
4: I'll charge four of my four thousands with two of my 5,000s, and that's
0: fine. Right. Oh, I didn't know you can can actually mix up the packs themselves. You just have to... The the total milliamp, though, needs to be calculated, added up, and then entered into your... That would end
1: up being, yeah. Once... You know, say you got got a a 2,000 milliamp pack, a 5,000 milliamp pack, and a 3,000 milliamp pack, or something like that, right? You know, 2 plus 5 plus 3 is, what is that, 10, right? So you would have... Basically, uh, you could run it at well. I guess what would that be like a hundred or something like ten amps? Yeah. Um, but the point yeah. is, you could add all of that up together, and, and that would be one C, if you will, of current on your right. charger. And have a you know.
0: Well, I, I did have another question, but you guys have kind of inadvertently answered it. And um, you know, when I was first looking into this parallel charging aspect, because I'm getting into the electrics, and I, I was I was. It just seemed uh, intuitively to me. To me, it seemed parallel charging. If you go to six lead parallel charger, that means that you have to charge six batteries, but you can charge two, three, four, five. Right. If, okay. Right.
3: Any any amount you want. It's it's very neat. I, I use three of those boards with three different chargers, and I'll plug in. I mean, like I'll plug in a Turnagy pack, a Volts pack, a, a Pulse pack. You know, whatever brand. I don't even care as long as they're the same cell count. I just plug them all in if they're about dead. And yeah. charge them all up at the field, you know. I mean, I don't really, I definitely don't, you know, overdo the whole, um, you know, checking to make sure the voltage is exactly the same with all the packs. As long as it's real close, and you know, I mean, if your battery's dead, if you just got done flying, they're going to be close, you
0: know. Okay, so uh, this equalizing process that we talked a little, a little bit earlier, slicer, you said you said a, a minute. Um, is that a is that a fairly quick process that these batteries go through to? Equalize themselves out. Yeah,
4: it's out. it's, it's it, it is really quick because I've I have connected packs that are somewhat unequal and I've also put a one of those you know cell meters a cell spy and watched yeah. the voltages change and they they average out very quickly. Usually I I actually don't wait at all because even if you start the charge they're still going to be equalizing out.
0: Man, that's, that's some great information. There's a lot of stuff there that I really had no clue about. I'm, I am getting into, like I said, I want to get, uh, I don't have any parallel stuff. Well, I do have a little parallel adapter for my little MCPX batteries. But, yeah, uh, there you
1: go. Baby steps, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, small.
0: as as mm-hmm. we speak, I'm charging six of them as we speak right here. And, uh, uh, you know, tomorrow's gym day. I get to go flying at the gym tomorrow. So I actually switched recently from Dean's to EC5's, and that was all Dave. Dave's the one that kind of got me talked into doing that. So I switched all mine to EC5s. When you guys are talking connectors, what do you use and, and why? We'll go ahead. I know Rob, Rob is still in the archaic days. He still uses uh, Dean's connectors.
1: No, man, I switched to Play-Doh. <laughs>
0: Play-Doh Get
1: that stuff hard? Yeah.
0: Is that it's stuff an good? Insulator is
1: that too?
0: <laughs> good, good connectivity there? Yeah, awesome, dude. Until the kid awesome. needs it back. How about, how about you, Slicer? What are you using for connectors? Um, my first
4: three years I used Dean's exclusively and, uh, I don't know, just, I've, I had issues. I had a couple of crashes with them pulling out. And so last year I switched to all EC5s and I, I just love them. They're just so easy to solder on.
2: Mm-hmm. In fact, the
4: way, the way I solder them, I read, I saw this tip somewhere on the forum, I guess, but I drill a small hole in a piece of plywood, a little piece of two by four. I just put the bullet in. And then I use a torch lighter, you know, one of those yeah. torch lighters you can get. And that's all I use, that and flux, some solder. and,
1: yeah, and of course, sure. you just get that course, thing hot. It's like, like a little tiny solder cup. Right.
4: You, you put the plastic housing on last, so you don't have to worry about melting it. So they're, they're just flawless to me. I just love them. Yeah.
0: And I, I know Dave's using EC5s because he's the one who talked me into using the EC5s.
4: I actually, uh, I, I'm still looking at
3: beams on all my stuff just because I have, that was my winter project. And, oh, uh, that's
0: right. That's right. You were yep. telling me that was your big project. You said, yeah, that's
3: my winter thing. Yep. And uh, I have so many batteries, and I have a lot of helicopters here. And switching everything over is just going to be—it's going to be a hassle for sure.
0: Get um, on the ball, man.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. I, I need to do it. I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I crashed my 700 last year. One of my, uh, one of my connections came undone. It was the Deans. and after a while, they get kind of loose. And as, as uh, yep. Pete said. You know they'll come they'll come loose on you after after 100 or 200 times you plug them in and out they get a little loose and I don't trust them at all and also Deans are only 60 amps they're only rated 60 amps continuous whereas the EC5s are 120 amps continuous so oh, you're yeah. looking at double the amperage.
0: The one thing I like about the EC5s is um, and granted I don't really have any experience with the others so I've never tried anything but Deans and EC5s but I like how firm that connection is right. Yeah, when you get I, the, when you, yeah, I like it. when you first learn when you first mess with them, it's kind of hard to kind of to get the grip right to get them apart. But once you you know you mess with them a little while, you use them, you get used to pull them apart. Man, when they're connected, they're connected.
3: Right, I'm done with Deans for sure. I, I uh, after that cost me a few hundred bucks. I I just uh, I don't trust them anymore.
0: Says the man who hasn't converted his stuff over to Easy <laughs> <laughs> yet. Yeah.
3: Well, it's and I'm not flying anyway, so. Get your wife to
1: do it.
2: Yeah, there you go.
3: Yeah, I got. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah,
3: I I should. She knows how to solder too. That's a good idea. I should get her on that.
0: Do it, Pete. Slicer, I keep calling you, so I don't confuse the people. Pete and Slicer are one and the same, and I kind of, I've noticed throughout this show, I've kind of been going between. That's all right. Between both, but. I was kind of perusing through the forums the other day in the lipo section, and I saw you had a uh, tutorial on the on the deep cycles. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? Because I'm sure a lot of people are interested in that kind of setup.
4: Yeah, quite quite often, I'm you know when I'm helping trying to help someone out, I mention my deep cycle setup, and I get so many PMs about it that I finally decided to take the time to write
1: a at bible,
4: least, at least as good as as good as I could, a guide <laughs> to how to use one two. Or, you know, even four deep cycles and how you hook it up and how you wire them and all that. And that's in the, yeah, it's in the Hella Freak LiPo forum.
0: Yeah. I, I did read, though, in a recent post, uh, you put up something about, and someone said that the, when you're charging these batteries, they emit gas.
4: Yeah, I've heard that, too. I'm, I I think they do. But for me, I just, my charger is always in my van, home mm-hmm. to the batteries. I have a, it's called a Noco Gens 2. It it, it has two dedicated outputs for two deep cycles and all i do is when i pull in and plug it in i just make sure my van's outside and i leave a window open never had an issue
0: the only thing that i'm wondering about is being that my trailer is pretty much locked you know closed up all the time except for when i'm at the field it's open wide open but uh is that something i should be concerned about i mean uh is it gonna fill that trailer up and uh with some kind of poisonous gas that when i open the door it's gonna knock me over or what what's the deal there
4: well i i do know that the gas emitted is hydrogen gas and that's flammable and that's the only concern but it's harmless otherwise but i don't know how much they emit
0: like i said i do have two on my and they're huge expensive you know type the you know typical batteries that you would find in rvs uh and they're just big, big bastards that sit on the tongue of my trailer, so i nah, real sure. What them they use, but, man? Yeah, I don't really, yeah. you know, now that my inverter's burnt out, I don't ever use them uh, hardly except to run 12-volt lights when I'm traveling or whatever. But uh, that's about it. Dave, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun having you on. Yeah, thanks
3: for having me. It was, uh, it was great.
0: Yeah, and Pete, again, uh, kudos on all the work you've done for the community. I know you, you're a bit humble when it comes to that stuff, but... Uh, I think you've done a lot more good for the community than than you possibly know. So keep that up. Yes, I will. Pinion, just stop sniffing your ass and listen to RC Heli Nation.
1: Yes, Pinion does love RC Heli Nation, but he also loves sniffing his ass. Yes.
0: Bob, did you learn anything about uh, charging there with that uh, little conversation we had with Dave and Pete?
1: Yeah, yeah, I learned, yeah. It was it was really good. I, I let me t- let me guess.
0: This is what you learned. You learned that Dan is completely inept when it comes to
1: charging systems. Dude, I learned you're you're dumb as a box of rocks when it comes to batteries. I am. You know you sell I'm... that X5 before you hurt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, just uh, imagine uh, what damage I could do with a Fusion 50.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should just leave it in pieces for you because. Uh, <laughs> Save me some time. Right, yeah. Save me some frustration of crashing it myself. Yeah, just grab the handles of that target bag and chuck it in the air and hit throttle hold like you really meant to. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, just throw it all in the air and hold my radio and hit throttle hold. Just watch it all crumble, just come down in pieces. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do that. I actually would like to try to fly that helicopter someday. Yeah, you,
1: it's fun. Well, yeah. You know, like we, we talked about... Uh, we're talking about charging you just uh do like what i was talking about you know fly them in series as a pair and charge the pair as parallel and then they'll always be matched you know you don't have to worry about one having more flights than the other one you know because that's a big worry people worry about that you know when you got two batteries it's like I keep heads or tails of this you know and,
0: you know one question comes to mind and and i didn't ask slay this but uh you know he and you guys were talking about equalization and i get it i get it that if they're all hooked in then you know they're they're kind of sharing their voltage to equalize so everything equalize right
1: yeah yep
0: but what I I'm not sure of is, is it just through the balancing board and then does everything ha- every does it have to be plugged into the charger and does the charger need to be powered on for that to happen nope it doesn't
1: so at, I at that just, point uh, I mean yeah I mean like I've got one of those like uh, parallel boards you know like you can get from TGIN Tech the Tjin guy website people have heard mm-hmm. of that or or uh, Progressive RC other places. Yeah. Um, as soon as you plug one balance tap in, and that's the only thing on that board, right? So you say, just to start with that, as soon as you plug another balance tap in, you've just joined the two batteries together, cell for cell. cell one, two, three, four, five, six to each of the packs, mm-hmm. because there's copper there on the traces, right? It's like you've closed a circuit for each cell. Each cell's plus mm-hmm. all the way down and that minus all, right. all the way at the end. So yeah, it, it starts doing that work immediately once you start plugging them in, you know, and um same with your uh your main leads too you know if you plug well, as you plug your plus and minuses in they're all joined together in the board right it doesn't matter what the banana plugs are doing if they're in the charger or not you should have them in because they're exposed right now you've got mm-hmm. however many batteries of well <laughs> next to this thing with some exposed banana plugs and you'll be welding here in a little bit if you're not careful but oh uh, yeah it's 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 just instantaneous it just starts working as soon as they um uh, as soon as you do it
0: that's good to know because i was curious you know i have the uh you know, like you said, baby steps with the uh, the small one-cell uh, MCPX batteries. Mm-hmm. And I was often wondering, you know, because a lot of times with the MCPX, um, you know, I don't really use my flight timer. I don't know how many people do with the small helicopter. So I just kind of guesstimate where I'm at, kind of by feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some flights may be quite a bit shorter than the others based on what I'm doing if I crash or, you know, like whatever, and I need to take the battery out to do some work to the helicopter. Yeah, right. So, essentially, those don't have balancing tabs, right? They just have a charging lead. Mm
1: -hmm. It's the plus and a minus. But it's
0: still the same thing, right? Yep. Pluses to
1: pluses, minuses to minuses, yeah.
0: So I can hook all six of those batteries in and just let them sit there for a few minutes, and then eventually they will all equalize out. So then when I go to turn the charger on, I don't have to worry about one cell being, you know, at 3.7 and the other cell being at 3.9.
1: Right. Uh, not going to end up with one above 4.2, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. I, I was curious about that. I wasn't really sure how that worked.
1: Dude, I tell you what, I remember when I first started getting into parallel charging before I finally decided to do it. I mean, I've always been pre- – not much has made me apprehensive in the hobby, you know, at trying something new. But when it came to parallel charging or doing messing around with electricity, you know, I was so, – I, I found myself – a little apprehensive and i kind of surprised myself that it was like that you know but um dude i spent a long time uh trolling the uh um the forums and over on rc groups i tell you what there is a ton of information over on rc groups about um parallel charging and just charging in general um there's this uh oh what's the guy's name i forget it's like jago or something like that it's uh oh the name escapes me i feel bad now but this guy was like a guru on it and people were asking the same kind of questions like you are over and over and over again and you know he's finally like guys just plug them in it'll be fine you know it's way safer than uh serial charging i mean serial charging man and i've got i've got myself stuck in this serial charging if you hook those things up the wrong way dude you're gonna make a big mess quick you know (laughs) um it's really dangerous to serial uh, to serial charge batteries you know and parallel charging is just it's pie and fat. You say
0: you say cereal and then charging. The next word comes to my my mind is killer. Cereal killer.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know the one thing too. Um, I said it once. I'll say it again. It's probably the best quote I've ever had. Electrics are mythical and a lot like religion. They're meant to be feared.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: That's my next T-shirt, by the way. That is so true, though. Yeah.
1: You hey, put that on your signature. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, you know, uh, again, guys, uh, Pete and, and Dave, I apologize for the hacked-up job on the show you guys did with us, but I still think the the conversation was good. I, I think our listeners got something out of it, and uh, I really appreciated Slicer coming on and sharing, because I was always curious. It just seems like a nice, efficient way, the way he does it, um, quiet, and it's there, the way he has his, his uh, batteries just set up, ready to go all the time. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about wiring my batteries in my trailer for that purpose.
1: You know, it's funny too, because as he was talking, he w- he had talked about uh, a scenario where, if I'm not mistaken, it, it what he was describing was, you know, like just kind of like uh, on a whim. You know, you hadn't pre-planned this. So you're like, I'm gonna go fly, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. putting his stuff in his van, if I'm not mistaken charging his batteries while he was driving to the yeah in his van right and part Mm -hmm. of me was like oh no you know i've seen i've seen pictures of vehicles ruined by a a lipo fire inside the vehicle you know and Uh but you're driving down the road you know with these dry you know these big you know deep discharge cell batteries and and charging you know parallel charging uh six six cell batteries you know on your way there and but i mean you know each their own i mean the guy obviously knows what he's doing i can just hear i talk to him he understands the risks he knows what he's doing he's being responsible about it on some levels so i'm sure it's not a big deal but right um you know we we talk about the uh the uh, safety police and stuff like that and there's no reason to bring that into this conversation but i just i found that interesting you know because i've thought about that myself like man i wonder can i charge these on the way you know to this or that but if i'm trying to run something off of like an inverter off my alternator and or something like that that voltage is going to vary so much that it's mm-hmm. just not going to be clean but if i had just like the marine batteries or something like that i i would just get that constant uh the volts that i need you know tell
0: me this does parallel charging is it is it adaptable to other chemistries is it adaptable to nickel metal hydride sure i don't see why not i
1: don't see why because why I,
0: I had uh i was thinking about doing it today i had two um Nickel metal hydride uh, receiver or transmitter packs. I was like, "Hey, maybe I'm going to try to parallel charge <laughs> these," but I didn't. I, did, I chickened out because I wasn't sure if I was going to blow anything up.
1: Well, see that the problem with that stuff is that the way that the charger tops those things off and finds the end is it's different than with a lipo. You know, yeah, yeah. the way it ramps up and back down and stuff like that. So making the capacity because you're basically you know the voltage is the same, but the capacity is twice or three or four times more, depending on how many batteries you hook up to it. Fudging that math problem in your head to to tell the charger how long to be on or whatever, I think would become way more crucial. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yes.
0: You know, like I said, it's meant to be feared, so I didn't do it because I feared it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> so did you happen to see that post uh, on Heli Freak the other day about
1: the uh, modding your... Your uh, transmitter for center stick, putting a little notch in it? Yeah, the D10, yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah. I've been uh, familiar with doing that mod for some time now. A buddy of mine had done that with his transmitter, and I was going to post in there, but, man, every time I would be on heli-freaking, I would remember that I was at work or something, and it's been busy as heck at work lately, so I just never got time to post any info. But I think it's a cool idea.
0: Well, let me – you know it- – I think it's kind of cool to talk about mods, but there's one thing about this particular mod that really had a lot of varying comments, and some people were really kind of getting pissy with each other. A lot of people – and here's what I don't get. A lot of people are like, why would you do – why would you use such a crutch? I'm like, why – I mean, they're like, well, you know, what happens if it gets stuck and you need – you know, it's like, well, that's not – they're not making the indents, so it's like, okay – Positive, positive, positive. You know, lower it back down. Oh shit! Yeah, you right. Know. Shit, where's my wrench? I need to get this off neutral. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know? I right. think the idea isn't. I mean, in my mind, the idea is to be, well, just so you're flying, and all of a sudden you feel feel it. Through your thumb, or if you're a pincher, you feel it through your fingers. Oh, yep, yeah, there it is. I just felt a little little teeny tap of an indent as I pass through center.
1: Yeah, it's like one. It's like having one tooth on the ratchet style throttle you know like planes have the ratchet kind of str- throttle or whatever with the ratchet strap inside it's yeah. almost as it's equated to almost having just one tooth that you pass over it's like you just pass over it you know yeah and like i've seen guys they'll they've uh, there's other mods where people have used magnets um where the poles are the same on on the on the gimbal and then on the back of that so when they pass over each other and they're really weak or it was like a, maybe a ball bearing. One guy did one where it was a ball bearing. He drilled a hole and put a ball bearing in the gimbal and a magnet on the other side so that as he goes by it, it's like click. And it just makes this – just the clicking feeling of the ball bearing mm-hmm. touching the magnet, you know, that you could feel it in the tips of your fingers or whatever and you knew it was there. And you know what would be a funny-ass prank to do somebody is on their transmitter, set it up in such a way where like when they go past zero, like this loud-ass air horn goes off inside their transmitter. <laughs> be flying was like bah, bah, bah,
2: bah, bah, what the fuck you know
1: <laughs> talking about dumb thumb in that one right <laughs> oh, dude. or like remind a ta- me to, like remind a, me to a, never a throttle hold or something like that you flip the switch because oh, they're metal you know it's like bah.
0: remind me to never let you have a screwdriver around my transmitter <laughs> right because the next time i'm gonna go flying something crazy is gonna happen yeah just
1: don't let me out of your sight it urge you man So you do you got to you got to inspect your scooter before you go off go off. Never know, man.
0: After 300 yards, it starts yelling. Somehow they got a little voice box in there. It starts yelling, "Get your hands off me! Don't touch me! (laughs) Rape! (laughs) Stranger danger! Stranger danger! (laughs) I don't want any candy." (laughs) So anyway. So what about my? I mean, do you do you do any other mods? Do you do any mods to your transmitter?
1: Yeah, actually, in my uh, uh, my 9303. I did this mod where I put a uh, like on the 9303 above where you would hang your strap. There's the JR logo there, and there's this round spot with some cutouts on the front plastic plate, and behind there is the the buzzer. You know, for when you got the beep sounds for you know that sound. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And inside there, I put a little blue LED, and I ran it down, and I spent probably like 20 minutes or a half an hour probing around on the circuit board inside there to find something that would give me – I think it was like 4.8 volts or something like that to make the LED come on so it didn't burn it out. It's not too hot or anything like that. And I wired it up in such a way where it's completely removable. I haven't drilled or or changed anything in the transmitter. We'll go right back to stock, right? But now – Whenever I turn my radio on, I have this really cool-looking blue glow that comes out of that vent there, and um, it makes it really easy for me to see and remind myself, "Oh shit, my transmitter's on." You know, I mean, these days guys got like the 9503, and their screen lights up, and they're super fancy and stuff like that. But you know, I've always dug tinkering with this hobby. I think that's that's you gotta in on some level, you gotta like to tinker with things to be okay with being in this hobby. You know. this is an example of that. And so I put a, uh, a how-to on the front porch about how to do that—that that light, the LED mod—and um, I've got a how-to about the indent too. The, my buddy, uh, my buddy Paul, he's a uh, uh, paver on Helifreak. He he did that with his uh, uh, DX7, and I um, I asked him if I could put that on my porch, and he's like, yeah, go ahead. And so yeah, mods are fun, man. I did a lipo, I did a lipo battery on this one too. So
0: you got a lipo in your 9303? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how how does that work? Because don't you have a don't you run a risk of burning up your radio if you? How do you not, really. not burn?
1: No, not really. I mean the uh, inside here, the uh, the step down for it, or I guess whatever you're the voltage regulator, um, and I'm you know I'm obviously like from I'm just winging paraphrasing some of the stuff I've learned about this stuff like that, but it could have been bigger. Or maybe better, better heat dissipated or whatever, because you know it's like uh, like a passive type uh, BEC, not like a switching BEC or something. That difference between the volts in and volts out has to be burnt off somehow, and it's heat, right? For these radios and stuff like that, there's never I've never run into a problem with the radio getting warm or anything like that. It's able to burn off that voltage, at least in this model radio fine you know and it and it and it brings the the volts that the circuit boards and stuff like that need down to where it belongs you know without any real damage so it's not like i'm putting 12 volts into my like the the trans the 2.4 gig antenna transmitter parts and this and that they're only pulling what they want to pull just like uh in your laptop or your stereo or something right those components are drawing whatever voltage they need after some sort of a step down right and I'm mm-hmm. taking 110 volts right from the wall. Same thing here. Right. You know, this battery's not taking 12 volts, or the transmitter's not taking 12 volts all over the thing. You know, it's, it's burning that extra voltage off on that regulator. But, you know, I think that in the whole time that I've learned, uh, been paying attention to light, changing light bulbs and stuff like that, back when I had a DX7, and I've only heard of reports of maybe two or three of them burning up that voltage regulator inside. Uh, and even if you do it, it's an easy three. There's three things that you solder to change it out if you want to be for your one, you know, and... Yeah, dude, it's totally not as spooky as it seems. This little thing—it's a little cheap Rhino. God, I don't know what it is. It's a, a lipo transmitter pack, 2620 milliamps. Um, God, it can't be any more than like 5C type lipo. It's really small, and mm-hmm. it fits right inside the back where it belongs. It's got the—it's got the plug that it needs to have, just like the stock battery. It's got the balance tap and a um, servo-style lead for charging and stuff like that. And
0: so, do you do you take it out of the radio to charge it?
1: Yeah, yeah and how often? reason but i just take it out because it's just functionally it's easier to do so i don't, I've, I've had it where i've had that because you got to lay it flat or stand it up and i've stood this damn thing up and had it tip over and fall off the table and i don't want to bust things, so. just take the thing, so stick battery out you know so then uh how long does your charge last long time dude long time i'll go over a month you know, really i have to but yeah before i have to do anything yeah and you know i fly well not this winter but um since I've got this thing, I've easily put probably, I don't know, probably a 1,000 flights on the thing. And so well, I'll fly an average month. I'll fly it probably two, 300 times, you know, and um, won't have to charge it.
0: I thought you were going to say since I'm getting older now, I didn't really fly much this winter.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <Fucker. laughs> You're older than me, man. You better stop.
0: You better watch it. Dude, I am older than you. I'm ancient. I'm so old that I fart dust and piss rust. <laughs> 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 so what other what other cool mods do you, that you know of that we should share with our listeners?
2: Uh, I got a,
0: I got a couple for the MCPX. Of course, they're common mods, but yeah, I, I mean uh, the the two that I employ um, extending the boom, pretty simple mods. Sure, yeah,
1: the lever it's arm simple. action is yeah. It's longer. Yeah,
0: makes it a little more stable. Um, and another one that I was kind of skeptical of, and I was talking with uh, with Jake actually. And he told me that uh, if you take the canopy grommets, slide them on to the swash plate, link, the balls on the swash plate, and then squish your links on there, mm-hmm. he said you'll be surprised how much more stable everything is. And it, I'll be damned if it didn't work. Oh sure. Yeah, it just it takes all the slop out of the swash.
1: Oh yeah, I bet I bet it's almost like yeah. uh, it's almost like ha- having dampeners on your swash, like your swash balls or whatever.
0: It's exactly what it is. That's kind so of that's, fun, kind of a, yeah. that's kind of a cool little mod. Now, as far as uh, modding helicopters themselves, I really don't do much of that myself. I um, don't have a lot of confidence in my ability <laughs> to do that kind of stuff without yeah. messing the works up. So, yeah. You got any other cool little mods?
1: Um, well, I, I don't know if it's really a mod or if it's like uh, necessity is the mother of all invention kind of thing, but I've gotten really good at using napkins and superglue. To create surfaces.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. You <laughs> were telling me stuff. about that. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, like the inside of my canopies and stuff like that. Or uh, even uh, like string and super glue makes a really good join for landing gear. You know, uh, you just uh, soak the the string and super glue in CA or whatever, and you wrap it really tight right, close, right, right next to each other. Not sloppy, but like lay the strands all down right next to each other kind of at an angle. And then mm-hmm. crisscross them back the other way across the top. And when that sets, it's like solid as a rock, you know. And um, same kind of thing if you use uh, something that's pulpy, like a napkin or a paper towel or something that can soak up the super glue. Because now that item, when once you once you set it, it almost becomes a layer, almost like laying fiberglass, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, So I've, I've had all kinds of instances where I've had to do that and to repair things and stuff like that. And, um you know, in a bind or in a pinch or something like that when I mean, you don't have parts or something.
0: Go check out the Nation webpage. Jake is doing a fantastic job on that. And um, it could turn out to be a great way to give us some ideas, some things maybe you guys want us to talk about. You know, we talked – I need to make kind of a correction. You know, we talked last episode about a giveaway we're doing. And uh, we mentioned that RC Aerodyne is uh, donating a 700 kit and i think i said it was an electric i need to correct that it's not an electric it's a nitro. It's 700 nitro fly barred kit yeah here's here's what we're going to do with that guys we're going to obviously facebook is a powerful tool we'd like to get our we want to get our likes to a thousand so the the thousandth like is going to get a 450 clone just a little kind of cheapy from china once we hit a thousand we're going to take All those names, shove them into a randomizer, and some lucky person's going to win a 700 Chaos.
1: Yeah, that's going to be cool. Uh,
0: So, you know, kudos to uh, Cliff over at RCR Dine, www.scaleflying.com. You know, uh, go support those guys because they really help us out a lot. You know, in the previous giveaways we've done through Facebook, we inevitably get an email or two about, well, what about those of us who don't really do Facebook? Well... We thought about it, and this time we're going to go ahead and if you don't do Facebook, we're going to try to include you guys in this giveaway. Just send us an email, and we'll add your name to the randomizer. Um, just kind of, we're just tying it out. We don't know if we're going to continue to do them these way, this way, but you know, we
1: got to try. And um, yep. so got to anyway. try new. It's, it's all new, you know, to us. So we're just trying different yeah. things, see what see what sticks, you know. So. Yeah, see what works the best. But
0: uh, again, guys, I'd like to encourage you to let your friends know about us. Tell all your buddies, flying buddies about us, you know, share our Facebook page with everybody, try to get them to the, get them to our page to, so they can check us out. You know, you guys can kind of like be our salesman. You just get them, get them pointed towards us and then Robin and I will close the deal. There you go. <laughs> we, we, have, we, you know, Rob and I are pretty, you know, if, if a person gives our show an opportunity, I think they'll end up liking it. So if, if we can get some more years on the show, that'd be great. And if you, want to win a 700 chaos go click that like button that's all there is to it there that's all she wrote bitches. That's all she wrote you wanted to get in touch with me you can do that at, at dan at msn.com or dan on all the forums rob if i wanted to get in touch with you what would i do
1: well the first thing you'd want to do is you would want to steal uh marty mcfly's delorean and drive it at 88 miles an hour until you go back in time and once you've done that then you want to write a letter to Doc Brown uh, with your question or comment and make sure they get that in his pocket so that he finds that in the future. But because you need to send it to me, you need to go back to the future and then uh, push Doc Brown over right before the Libyans shoot him in the chest and steal that letter and run uh, away from them all. And then uh, once you've got that, um, then you can uh, send it to me via Morse code and then I'll pick it up on my CB radio and then uh, i'll read it <laughs> or you could just uh email me at rob at rce uh you can hit me up on facebook you can poke my wall yes you can poke my wall just not our fan wall um but uh, come poke me i guess <laughs> and, uh hit me up on my front porch uh that contact me uh, section I, there hasn't been a, really a lot of chatter on there and that's fine you know, but if you do wanna if you do wanna comment or if you have a question for me or something like that and you get a hold of me through the front porch, uh just put your email address or your contact info in there. Um heck, put your cell phone number, I'll call you up. You know, I got free long distance. We'll shoot the shit.
0: Sounds real good. I just also wanna say real quick, Brian, I love you. He'll understand what that's all about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: Uh, also, I just want to make a quick mention. Thank you to the, thank you to you guys that have sent donations in for the show. We really appreciate that. It helps with the operating cost of the show. Yeah, I hope cool. you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. And we will catch you next time. D double Jerry. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation. If you
4: have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact us on our page at www. .rchellination.com and if you'd like to support our show by donating there's
0: a donate now button right on our page.